This is WGBB AM 1240 and W240DFFM 95.9 Freeport, New York. The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. It is time for Streetwise with former chief of the New York City Sheriff's Department, former chief of the Seagate Police Department, retired New York City detective, Time Warner Public Access Media Award, Joe Franklin Super Excellence in Broadcasting Memory Lane Award, New York Veteran Police Association Streetwise Production, host of Streetwise, Mr. Lou Tarano. Uh, good evening and welcome back to Streetwise. You know, we have a, lot, a bunch of elections coming up this year and uh, local elections as well. And I think my guess, I might have bumped into him in Brooklyn, you know, way back in the way back in the in the seventies, and I'm almost sure I almost sure I did. Uh, assistant District Attorney, uh, he's going to correct me if I'm wrong. I, I somehow I find 44 years. He doesn't look like a day over 50, and truthfully, you know, looks he looks like a young guy like I do with gray hair, distinguished looking <laughs> gentleman, and uh, he's uh, with the Suffolk County District Attorney uh, right now. And he's running for district attorney of uh, Suffolk County. My pleasure to introduce Ray Perini. Ray, welcome to Streetwise. Thanks for having me, Lou. I'm going to have to correct you. I was a prosecutor for 17 and a half years in Brooklyn and Suffolk. I left after starting the Narcotics Bureau when it was up and running. I left in March of 89, and I've been... I've had a criminal law practice since then. Aha! Uh-huh. So basically, there's nothing I haven't done in the criminal well, justice that. system. Yeah, that's well. That's why you. <laughs> but it is 44 years. Yeah, that's why. That's why I told. I guess I told mm-hmm. it up, yeah. right? And like I said before, just correct me if I'm wrong, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't be the first time. But 44 years is uh, correct, and that's why you pretty much have the experience for the position that you're running for. You know, some you know some people say, "Yeah, be careful what you you wish for." And it's not easy running for office. It's in, you know, and uh, it's a big job to be district attorney. You know, some people don't realize, and especially now, what's going on in Long Island. I uh, have to. Uh, why you? You know, you seem comfortable. Why would you want? And I got to say this. Why would you want all this? I'm not going to say aggravation, but you're not a you're not a youngster. We said 44 years, so anybody could do the math. Why would you want to do this now? Take over such a big, tremendous, important job. You know, I've, in my entire career, from from 1973 as a Brooklyn prosecutor to mm. today, this is what I've done. This is what I've trained for. Right. I don't want to be uh-huh. county exec. I don't want to mm. be a senator. I don't know how to be president. I never wanted to be a judge. <laughs> but I know I can run a district attorney's office because there is nothing I haven't done in the criminal justice system. Right. From minor, minor crimes when I was a young prosecutor Mm. to murders, major organized crime cases, smuggling cases, both as a criminal defense right. attorney and my 17 mm. years as a prosecutor. So it's my turn. I've had my career very right. successful as a prosecutor, very successful in my criminal law practice. Now it's my turn to give back. You will write it. I don't Pretty want much. anything else. I just want to make the Suffolk DA's office great again. Right. When you say great again, it's like uh, Trump saying, make America great again. Well, you know. Okay. And so actually, could you be saying that... So far, it's not great. I mean, as far as the criminal justice system or the DA's office. Uh, I'm going to say this. In my opinion, since we haven't we haven't voted for a district attorney since 2001, mm. the current DA has been cross endorsed. He's a Democrat. Correct. Correct. Cross endorsed on all the lines. Yes. 
not just the two major lines, the he, Republican and Democrat, yeah, but the conservatives and independents. He's been sitting in your seat for one time. Uh, yeah. Well, four years ago, I ran a primary against him as a Republican. Oh, no wonder, yes. Because yes. I, got, I said, you know what? You're term limited, and right. you're bringing a lawsuit to, to, to overturn that. Hmm. And you have to, you can't run and be the king. You have to answer yeah. questions. You have to debate. We have to look behind the curtain. Hmm. And I lost by I don't I almost won. Yeah. And I lost in the court of appeals on the term limit lawsuit. But that's oh. why I'm here today. If I didn't fight that fight four years ago, right. I'm sure right. they would have tried to cross endorse the new DA, mm. and it probably would have been a Democrat. Yeah. So I am very proud of fighting that for, that fight four years ago. Right. And. This year, I'm going to win it. Right. Now, you're not in the primary. I am not in a primary. So, so are the, candidate, the Republican I candidate? I am the Republican candidate. What I, I am in something called an OTB. Huh. That's an opportunity to ballot. Uh, huh. The Reform Party gave me, the, called me up and asked me if I take their line. And right. I read their, you know, their platforms. They're mm. against cross endorsements. Okay. They like term limits. Uh, and, you know, they stand for good government. So yeah. I took it. So... Um, so yeah, the yeah. Democratic Party had some people switch parties and, and, and get the signatures they needed. So it's a right and ballot on their part. Right. I think we'll be fine. But I am I am certainly running as the Republican candidate right. for district attorney the first time since 2001. Right. I, I, geez, I know. That was, that was always questionable. He, he came uh, – he was on the show once running for office and then – Obviously, when he felt, hey, I got everyone supporting me, endorsing me, I don't really have to go out and campaign, well, you know? And that's when you're out there, and you, you, you know, at least you're showing the people that you're out there doing what you, you know, what people want to want to see and uh, what you hear. Now, when you ran last time, you, you know, you, or how, how did you do last time? I just I right. forget, by the way. I had to get over 4,000 signatures. Right. I had no party backing whatsoever. Mm. I had 50 people. Right. And most of them retired detectives and yeah. DEA agents from Nassau and Suffolk, mm. detectives, and who worked with me when I was a prosecutor and right. knew me in my criminal law practice. And we knocked on a lot of doors. We got over 5,000 signatures. And they were my army. And mm. we we plastered the county with, with palm cards and, robo- and phone calls and knocking on doors. And I lost by six points. But when you consider right. that your own party is, is working against you. Yeah, Suffolk was politically was a little confusing with uh, these cross uh, cross endorsements, including the sheriff's the at the sheriff's position well, back at the same you know, during the same time. Uh, you know, it was just a, you couldn't you couldn't jump in there like you tried to, well, and but now you can. Well, because because we fought the fight. I mean, you know, I think yeah. cross endorsements are the subtle corruption of the political system. It almost, almost, it almost pretty much says it, you know? Pretty well, much reveals it when you... When uh, my opponent got the conservative line, uh, when he uh, got the conservative line, Schaefer, the Democratic leader, said yes. it was worth the eight months of negotiating. What the hell are you negotiating for eight months? Right. He's a Democrat leader. Yeah, yeah, so well, what and, the heck? I'm just letting the audience know when you uh, say Schaefer. Uh, yeah. and, and the great thing there is my opponent got the working family line, mm. which is the left wing of the Democratic Party. Yeah. Their, their, their policies and principles do injustice and violence. And this is a quote from the, the, the state chair, Mike yeah. Long, the conservative chair. Right. Does violence to the principles of conservatives. So, yeah. I mean, that's what crossing – if you want to control the DA's office – yeah, make backroom deals. Yeah. And that's why he now sits with the conservative line. That's not a natural marriage. Right. That's not a healthy marriage. Deals were made. And mm. we'll see what they are. We'll see who gets made judge in it, six months or wow. a year. That probably, if I'm not mistaken, 
30s and 40s, the working man's party, whatever they call it now, was sort of a communist party at that time. I will say this. Know, it is close to it. I, I, I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure that they right. felt Hillary and Bernie yeah. were too conservative for them. Well, very good. That pretty much says, says it all. Now, obviously, there's so many things going on in the, out in the aisle now as, as far as the, uh, I'm going to say crime, and what's what's uh, one of the things, and it's recent now, so I'll touch on that first, MS-13. How the heck did Suffolk County seem to be the eyes of 10th, when I say eyes, the president has to come to Suffolk County because we have such a tremendous issue of concern in Suffolk County. How the heck did that happen? You turn your head, all of a sudden MS-13 is out there in Suffolk County. Well, there, there, there are two things. And, and when Sessions came out, right. uh, the Attorney General, Correct. and the President came out, listen, we want their resources, we want their help. Yes. But when we're being told we're the epicenter of mm. MS-13 mm-hmm. and murders, I mean, I, my son lives in Ohio. I go out and visit him. He goes, Dad, is it safe in Suffolk? Yeah. He was raised in Suffolk. He right. knows it was a great place to yeah. live. So, I mean, how did our county get to that point? How that does that my, happen? Yeah, that's... And, and there, there really are two things. The Unaccompanied Minors Act, which lets mm. people into the country, but they're supposed to go through a, a process, a vetting process, where they're living with a family, mm. and because they're minors and they're unaccompanied, they're going to get a bit of a break. Yeah. Well, we went from hundreds to thousands. Is this different from DACA? Not that it's different than DACA, different but it's, it's, it's subtly different than right. DACA. But all of a sudden, we're having thousands and thousands of these, of these kids coming right. into our country unsupervised. Right. The family court didn't get the money they needed. They couldn't possibly do the job they had to do. And everybody in government was, was, uh, was asleep at the, sh- at the switch. Right, right. And, you know, now, now, now we're reaping the benefit of that because now MS-13 is feeding on these kids yeah. to bring them in. But the other real problem was a fellow named uh, James Burke, who was chief of department. Correct. Handpicked by Ballone. Yes. No vetting process. I mean, he said when he was looking for a commissioner in 2012, any commissioner that doesn't want James Burke as chief of department is not my kind of commissioner. Well, well Burke is now sitting in federal absolutely. prison. And what he did that was tremendously hurtful to our war on, on MS-13 yep. was he pulled some very talented cops, detectives, out of the federal gang task force. Mm. Pulled them out. And because he did that, we all know that the only way task force, and I've made my bones with task force right. as a young prosecutor, they only work when you have the intelligence from a good street cop and the resources and some of the laws and good agents on the federal side. Hmm. When he pulled those guys out of there, we locked our eyes and ears on the street. Hmm. And they were, they, were, they were replaced within six, about a year. But because Burke was under investigation by the feds, right. the cops that were put there were walled off from what was really yeah. going on. Because they didn't trust him. They thought Burke was trying to find out yeah. about his investigation. Right. So we lost about three years of helping the feds make wow. these cases. That's unconscionable. Wow. That, is, that is just wrong. And, yeah. you know, Ballone put him there. Cindy was his liaison to law enforcement. My opponent was his liaison to law enforcement. Right. Somebody had to stop that. It didn't happen. Well, one of the, we're talking about the former chief of Suffolk County, James Burke. My guest is Ray Perini. He's running for Suffolk County District Attorney. Now, Burke also worked on the DA's office in Suffolk County. Burke was, had, wasn't Burke, he a chief or something he investigator? Was, Burke, Burke had the yeah. unique. He was a Suffolk detective, correct? 
Spoda, the DA, who yeah, has been his mentor and known correct. him since he was a young child who testified in a murder case for another, him. Another questionable thing. Uh, <laughs> he not only ran the police squad, because the DA's office has a police squad right. and the detective investigators. What he did was he made him in charge of birth, both squads, which is unheard of. Right. Because the DIs are supposed to be separate from the police. And sometimes mm, yes. internal affairs does their inve- But sometimes the people, the, mm. the DA uses the detective investigators yeah. to invade, investigate police misconduct. Right. So he had the unprecedented thing of wearing two hats. Yes. And then when, uh, when Ballone becomes uh, the county exec, mm. he decides that Burke has to be his chief of department. Wow. Aspen, I'm sure Spoda was uh, was a part of that process. Yeah, I want to get back to that. Uh, but uh, I did say I was going to take calls. I didn't want to take until five, but I'm going to take this call for for candidate for several candidates as attorney, Ray Perini. I got Marty on the phone. Marty, you, you uh, please make uh, if you have a question or a statement, and once you do that, please hang up so we can handle the other calls. Thanks, Marty. Oh, you, uh, you got it, Lou. Basically, I'm just calling in to say hi to you and uh, oh. to. Uh, um, my uh, fellow prosecutor from the other coast. Oh, <laughs> where yes, are you from, yes. Marty? <laughs> Marty, I beg your pardon. Go ahead, Marty. Your background. I know who you oh, are. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, a retired DA from Riverside County, California, and uh, I won't bore you with all the other stuff uh, that I've done. But let's just <laughs> say that uh, being a DA is a pure labor of love. Marty, weren't you a judge as well? I know who you are. Want you a judge as as well? Uh, yeah, judge judge pro tem. Okay, yes, very very good. So, what's your question for the the uh, uh, Ray Perini? You know, uh, Marty, I'm glad you're calling in. Tell us where you're calling from again. Somewhere in California. Um, calling from uh, Southern California, South Orange County, California. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. And. Uh, Actually, I, I really uh, do not have a uh, question, Lou. I was just oh. uh, calling to say hi to oh, you and Thank you. Uh, say hi to your guest and uh, wish both of you uh, a great uh, day and uh, oh. to please be safe. Thanks. Thank you, Thank Marty. You, you got it, buddy. Thank you. Talk to you later. Thank you for calling. Yes. You got it. Yeah. Bye. Uh, it's a Twitter, oh, buddy. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I, I knew who he was right away. You know, look at his Twitter. It's amazing. And then the, uh. Uh, it's, I knew he was a the DA and the, and the ADA and the judges well down there. Uh, if, if you Google him, he's got a great background, you know, Excellent. in the business like you, you know, yeah. experience. Experience yeah, counts. experience counts. So we were talking about uh, Spoda, the uh, district attorney who was on his way out, who uh, was uh, obviously he was endorsed by everybody and their brother, right, all the different parties as well. And uh, so you told my James Burke was a detective. Was that his highest rank? No, 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 no. He went... When so chief of department the, is yes. the highest ranking in the police department. In the police department. Yeah. When he was working in the DA's office Correct. for Spoda, he was still a, he was he was probably a dick lieutenant right. or a deputy uh-huh. inspector. Got it. Because you have a, a Suffolk cop in charge of the DA's police squad. Right, they're detailed. Yeah. And then you normally mm. have, and for the detective investigators who are Correct. strictly working for the DA's office, they they have their own boss. Right. What Spoda did was he put. Uh, Burke in charge of both, both departments. Well, Unheard of. Is that what me say this? Uh, instead of saying legal, is that legal? Because I'm, you know, I hung out in Brooklyn. Is that kosher? Well, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like if if nobody, if 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 the Democrats have uh, the county exec in the ledge, right? And nobody, you know, yeah. Okay. What, what are you going to do? All right. Uh, um, I I, yes. I don't I don't believe it was an exact contract violation, right? 
But I suspect the detective investigators should have screamed like yeah. hell to have their own boss. Yes. But, you know, you're in a world where you don't want to play that rough. Uh, you know, right. Well, you know, like you said, Malone, Malone pretty much, uh, it, it appeared that he brought him on as a result of a spoiler. You know, influencing him well, to do that quite obvious. I would, you know, he never even pulled his IA file. Oh, okay. And and, and Burke had a very interesting IA embarrassing, file. Embarrassing, embarrassing file. You know, it's uh, don't you vet these people? You know, I mean, they're just amazing. You know, just uh, and some of us knew it. By the way, when I say us in, in the business, in the cop business, and it was questionable. There's, by the way, uh, there's more questions, big time questions about James Burke that may surface down the road. I think my uh, guest knows what I'm talking about, you know? So that may... Uh, it, it, you know, I'm not sure. You know? I, I, I don't know if I, I, I would go that far, I but know, I know okay. what you're thinking. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> okay. And uh, uh, All right. Now, you mentioned you, you established Narcotics Bureau, right? Well, yeah. What happened in, yeah. in Brooklyn, I started there in 73. Mm. Now, we were doing 600 murders in Brooklyn a year. I mean, unheard of. Uh, I was and there. you remember that. Absolutely. And if you remember, that was the year we declared war on uh, on drugs. That's yeah. when we got the Rockefeller law in. Right. So, I mean, I was riding homicides every seven days. And then mm. within a year and a half, I was up in the Narcotics Bureau trying narcotics cases and doing wiretaps and working with Brooklyn North and Brooklyn South. Mm. Suffolk County was looking for someone with a narcotics background. And they reached out to me because they knew I had it. Right. And I came out to the I came out to Suffolk in uh, December of '76, oh. and by the early '80s, we had a we had a, I had my bureau. First, I had right. a unit, then I had a bureau. And when I left in March of '79, I had 12 DAs dedicated wow. to strictly narcotics wiretaps, investigations, and trial work. We did thousands of cases. We actually knocked off. Well, you want, you want a little quick resume? I'll give oh, you three, yeah, three cases. Yes, good. And we want to hear it. The audience wants to hear it. We, we knocked off a trawler with 40,000 tons of marijuana. 40,000 tons. Six Colombians on board the trawler with five organized crime figures mm. waiting on the shore in Sammy's Beach out in East Hampton to take it. Uh, we, the, the, uh, I tried those five uh, right. organized crime figures, and they all went to prison. Right, five kilos of heroin knocked off by two of the best cops I've ever worked with, mm. uh, undercover by five kilos. Now we're talking eighty-two, eighty-three. Yeah, two Colombian nationals convicted them. Oh, it's great, great. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, in the Colombian cartel people, we did like three major cases. Season, you know. But now we have uh, it's we have a, a a similar but different type of drugs that's uh, I'm an epidemic out there, especially with the young kids. It's the uh, opiates and heroin. What's your, what's your thoughts on that now? Uh, kids, you know, kids are ODing with this heroin, and it's 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 really you know it's something that's really it's ep- I'm calling it an epidemic, you know. But uh, what it, what is unbelievable is that right. we lost 400 kids mm. to overdoses on heroin and fentanyl in 2016. That's 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 unimaginable, right? And and you know they're starting to pay attention to it now, right? But it, you had to know what coming. In my criminal law practice, I would mm. deal with parents who would have. I mean, I, I probably buried two or three Ugh. very, I mean, good families, right. upper middle class people yep. who had to bury their kid because they they one they wouldn't admit to the problem or they couldn't accept it. Correct. Or, and and 
Here's here's what I would do, and I'm going to I'm going to. That steal. was my question. Very good. I, I'm going to I'm going to steal what another. What are you going to do? I'm going right. to steal another line from Trump. <laughs> okay. All right. I can't build a wall mm. to stop MS-13 or mm. the drugs right. on the Nassau border, and I can't get Nassau to pay for it. <laughs> Very good. But good. here's what I can do. <laughs> here's what I can do, and here's what I did back in the 70s and 80s. When you work together with DEA, with the state police, mm. with Nassau and Suffolk yes. Narcotics, and you create another task force on the East End. Right. And I actually went to Congress back in 82 mm. because they were going to disband the task force. And I screamed like hell. And Pat Henry was my we're boss talk, at the we're time. We're talking about a joint task force, the joint, joint narcotics task force. Task force? Yep, okay. was, I mean, I made my living with those people. Wow. And you know how we, you know how we worked. Once a month, we'd have lunch, all the bosses. Right. And we knew each other on a personal level, and we had our home phone numbers. Mm. And when a problem came up, we took care of it. It didn't. We didn't care who got the headline. Right. We didn't care who got the press. Yeah. We wanted to get the job done. And when you trust each other, and you're not grandstanding, right? It's amazing what you can get, get accomplished. Done. Absolutely. And you know when you're not when you're not a political figure, and I am anything but political, where you're trying to advance yourself and get right. ahead, right? That's when you lose the trust of all your co-bosses, and that becomes a real problem. So what I what I intend to do is just what I did back back in the '70s and '80s. First thing I do, we're going to sit together. We're going to have a, you know, we're going to have our cup of coffee. Right. We're going to have our sandwiches, and we're going to trust each other. Right. And we use the best laws possible. I have a murder statute. I have I have mm. a kingpin statute. Kingpin statute means anyone who makes seventy five thousand dollars or more a year selling this poison to our kids. Right. I can put him in jail for twenty five years to life. Is that is that in effect now? That's in effect as of that's in effect now. I was going to say that. I I, I realize that. I'm saying that because I haven't heard the kingpin. King no. Ping, King Pin statue in the wild. It's and it's, I thought like it's forgotten about. Well, the Rockefeller law has been that's been the, reduced dramatically. Okay, but the Kingpin statue was put there to get the major violence. Right, and so if if we have somebody you have that you have that's a Kingpin. Yeah, the DUP, and DUP, I don't DUP. care if DEA makes the case. Correct. Or or Suffolk makes the case. If it's in my county, right, I want to prosecute because I'll put him in jail for twenty five years right. to life. If we have a RICO case, right. A good conspiracy case, right? I give it to the feds. They have a better law. Got it. And you know, and that's how you have to do it. But you don't care who gets the headline, right? You got to use the best laws and the best cops, and you just got to work at it. Right. And we did it in the seventies and eighties when we started this war, and we can do it again. And I have, but I've grown up a lot too. The Rockefeller law. We believed we could incarcerate our way out of this problem. If you remember back in the seventies, you could sell a gram of coke. You had to go to jail from one to three. One, yeah, one to know. life, and then, you're right, one, it was one to life one initially. To life initially. Then within about six years, we made it one to Correct. three. Correct. Uh, that doesn't, that, you can't yeah. do it that way. You, you need mm. treatment for the people who are the victims of this. Right, right, right. And and so I believe that if with the kingpin statute, I can seize money, change the federal, the state law, and allow me to open up more bed space for rehabilitation. Very good. But leave that up to me. I don't want a judge making that decision. I'm the elected DA of the county. Mm. I have 44 years' experience. Let me decide who goes into the program and who doesn't. Can you decide? I always assume the judge had to decide. On well, you they, present it to I, the, right. Here's how it works: if right. I charge, if I charge someone with, right. with an A felony, the judge can't do it without me allowing him to reduce it. Okay, to you. a lesser plea. Correct. Very so okay. on the B's, mm. they, they can do it on their own. Mm. But I mean, I again, I know this county well. The judges I respect know. me. 
I believe that if I say this is not the right candidate because he really is a dealer, mm. uh, that, that, that they'll listen. Correct. But I think we need rehabilitation. We need education. I went into the schools in the 80s. I would go in there with mm. myself, a judge, and a, and a kid about to go to prison. Right. And we talked to high school classes. Mm. And you know what? It worked. The ki- well, the kids didn't listen to me. They mm. didn't listen to the judge. But a 19, an 18, 19-year-old kid who's their kind of contemporary. Right. Who said I sat in Mr. Perini's office, and he told me you sold was selling drugs in my in my county. Mm. You're going to prison now. Maybe I'll reduce the sentence if you become a cooperator. Right, but you're going to prison, and it it had an effect. Now you don't know how many kids you hit, but you tried. You know what's sad now? They tell me these programs have to start in the fourth and fifth grade. Yeah, imagine and, that. I and know. that's just not the that's not the county I came out to to no. raise my family. It's just a different world. Mm. You know, you mentioned something before about your experience in this joint task force that you did back in the 70s. You're running, I'm gonna, you're running against a candidate, and I, and I could say this, that in my opinion has nowhere near your experience. The guy you're running against, uh, I don't want to plug him. You can if you want to. Well, I'm not going to name him. Well, I'm, I'm I got yelled name. at. I'm not a politician. Okay, very I mentioned his name very once good. and they yelled at okay. me. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I have to mention him because he's, he's the other guy uh, and I always pronounce his name wrong, so that means, what does that mean? Uh, uh, Timothy Sini or Sinai. It's S-I-N-I, I think I'm spelling it right, but don't correct me because you don't want to give him any plug, you know, uh, <laughs> Ray. But here's, here's my, uh, you know, I haven't made an endorsement yet, but this, but I, but I feel that I have to, uh, maybe because I'm older now, but I believe in experience. Experience in running a district attorney's office? Are you got to be kidding me? You cannot be a young kid, no background, no experience. And uh, uh, I have to say this, and you've been in the business longer than he's alive. You know, I'm sure you probably heard that before. I have. You know, I have. you heard it over again. But we talked about opportunists. You didn't, but we were leading to it that people are running for office because they're looking. They're not looking at today. They're looking at tomorrow. And whether you're going to run, you know, they, it's a stepping stone. And, it would, again, politics. And we, we, we need uh, we need law enforcement. We need somebody to uh, – you got it with the kingpins. We're not talking about uh, some kid doing a joint on the corner. Some people get confused. Well, the law's too tough. They're only smoking the marijuana or joint, whatever it is. Kingpins. Let's talk about what is a king. So our audience could hear. All right. If, uh, if Ray, you're selling, Perini. if you're selling, and, and again, it's not marijuana. Right. If you're selling drugs and you are making more than seventy-five thousand dollars right. in a six-month period, how can you determine that the amount? Of money? Uh, you know, I, you don't sell drugs without right. you know knowing seasoning the quantity or having mm. books and records. Nobody mm. there's there's somewhere they're on they're on right. uh, they're in the computer they're in your phone <laughs> Good. they're somewhere so you know right. you can always establish the amount of money. Mm. And that's a statute that should only be used for the for, for the major violators. Right. And I, you know, I believe that. And I did that with the Rockefeller. I mean, I put yeah. guys in jail for drug cases for twenty five years to yeah. life, but they were Colombian cartel people. Yeah. They were they were you know kids who do, you know not kids, but we had a lot of a lot of local right. local people out here selling multiple kilos of, her- of cocaine, mm-hmm. crack, and we were in the that was the time of crack. Well, and, and that was uh, mm-hmm. so it, it it is certainly doable. Uh, and it's something that has to be. You know what? You know what I've learned in law enforcement. If I have the time to just yes. quickly, yeah. when we we used to do a lot of wiretapping, that's that mm. was our main tool, surveillance and wiretapping back in the day when we were right. when I was not chief of narcotics, and you would actually intercept calls where they would say, "We're not coming out to Suffolk County." Right. We we, we had to make all our collars right on the one ten border, 
because they thought that was Nassau. Correct. Because they knew we'd put them away. So I'm not going to be able to stop the drug trade outside of my county, but if we're aggressive with the real with the real dealers, right? If a kid really wants to get that poison, they're going to have to go somewhere else. And if we're working with Nassau County, we can drive them into the city. And if we have the right DAs in the city, drive them into the ocean. We can drive them into. Well, that would be perfect. <laughs> well, when uh, Ray Perini's talking about 110, he's talking about route route 110, which goes from north to south, south to north, and there's a borderline there. I think part of it's in Suffolk, isn't it? Well, actually, the, 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 the Nassau, what the, the, the dope dealers didn't know was Nassau. That, that's it's just correct. a little bit west of 110. Yes, <laughs> so we bring them to a diner called Bernie's Diner right. on Route 110, that's, right off of the expressway. Uh, are we taking a break now, I think? Yeah, yeah we're going to go. We're going to go into a break, but I just want to, during the break, when uh, I just wanted to do a little public service announcement. Well, and then I'll be back with my guest, Ray Perini, who's running for district attorney in Suffolk County. Uh, Monday is 9-11. We all know what 9-11 is, so I'll have to explain. And uh, again, 16 years, it's so hard to believe. And we always say that, time flies. And in this case, it seems, uh, all of us say the same thing. I can remember watching when the planes hit the uh, North Tower and the South Tower of, uh, you know. Anyway, uh, I... Uh, your audience has been asked, too, and it's like a public service, 8.46 a.m. Monday on the 11th. You know, it would be nice to, when the first plane hit the North Tower, uh, 8.46, it would be nice to do a moment of silence. And the same thing at 9.03 when the uh, South Tower was hit. And again at 9.37 when other planes uh, hit the... Uh, Pentagon, and but you're gonna. I'm not the first one that's gonna remind you of it. And then 10:03, flight 93. Thank God, I never made anywhere. And uh, you know, we don't know exactly what happened 93 in uh, Shanksville, Pennsylvania. But we feel like the crew and the passengers took over the plane uh, from the hijackers, and that's all evidence I would think leads to that. So that'll be eight uh, 8.46 on uh, AM 9.03, AM Monday 9.11, 9.37, and 10.03. A moment of silence is what we're trying to get, so we'll, we'll never forget uh, what happened to 9.11. Then I'll be right back. This is WGBB AM 1240 and W240-DF-FM 95.9 Freeport, New York. Imagine a time when no one person has Parkinson's disease, is debilitated by a stroke, and no family suffers the tragedy of Alzheimer's. Some of the best minds in America are doing more than imagining. The American Brain Foundation is seeking to find cures. Where life without brain disease isn't just something we can imagine, it's something we can know. Join Kevin Sorbo in the fight to cure brain disease. For more information, visit AmericanBrainFoundation.org. We served our country like those before us. It was a dangerous era. All of Vietnam was dangerous. The carnage of war left an indelible mark on me. We came back and built lives. As time went on, we faced new challenges found support to handle them. I went to the VA, talked to my doctor. I started doing groups. I started doing one-on-one counseling. At maketheconnection.net, you can hear our stories and find tools and services available to you. 
We're back. I'm back with my uh, guest uh, candidate for the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office, full of experience and obviously like experience, Ray Perini. And uh, the phones are open, 631-888-8811. A question or, or a statement, then hang up, please, so we can get the other calls in. Okay, I got... Uh, Johanna, Johanna, you on the line for? Yes, hi, Lou. Great show. Thank you, um, Mr. Perini. I want to first say that I'm a staunch Republican, and I support and admire your hopes for the future of Suffolk County. Um, but after working uh, for many years with animal rights groups as well as doing rescues, I have found that in, there's an increasing amount of animal abuse cases, and the people who commit these uh, horrendous acts of cruelty are not being addressed as seriously as they should be by most judges. Uh, they dismiss these acts with a slap on the wrist and are not enforcing them with harsher punishments, uh, with fines or jail time. And I know you have many supporters who are animal lovers, so I would like to know what you are prepared to do to correct these abuses and bring justice to all those who abuse animals. Thank you. Thank you, Johanna. Well, I, I'm going to say this. I know that the ASPCA has a very aggressive group that I would work hand in glove with. I'd, I'd, put a, I'd, dedicate, a, I'd dedicate a couple of... Uh, ADAs who uh, mm. who know the law and can work it, and uh, I th- I think we can look. We have to protect our pets, and I know that's a big part of a lot of people's lives, and how close you can be to it. So I would certainly be very aggressive in that area, but I would dedicate at least two ADAs to do nothing but that kind of work. Would you be more aggressive, more tough as far as the law is concerned with uh, animal abuse? Because they've been laxly, like the caller Johanna mm. said. You, you know, know it's slap that, on the wrist. The the mandatory incarceration has never hit the hit the bricks for right. for pet abuse. Um, I would have to go out and take a real look at wh- uh-huh. why the judges are doing what they're doing to see if you need mandatory punishment. Uh, okay, but uh-huh. I mean, you know, without really looking at the issue, but I do know the pain people feel when well, when when pets get hurt. Well, let me ask you this: I have a caller on, but the caller, could you hang? Just hang in there one second, please. I'm going to just a quick question because we're talking about animals. The, right now, it's the comes under the law of abusing animals. I think comes under the agricultural law. Now, switching it over to the penal law, I think that's a concern on the issue. Your thoughts on that? So this way, they can get you know the the proper uh, punishment for, for the crime that's being committed. There are penal law violations for okay. animal, animal abuse, and I think they have to be enforced. Okay. And I, you know, I and judges do respond to the community. Right. Um, so that if if we have a real human cry and we have a, an, a you know a vocal group for animal rights, which we do right. have, they with their voice being heard and aggressive prosecution, I think they'll get their way. Okay, thank you. Jack's on the line. Jack, your question for Ray Perini. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to point out something that you touched on, Lou. Um, you mentioned that Perini uh, made a case of five kilos back in '82. Right. Uh, Cindy was running around in a playpen in his diapers about that time. <laughs> it just kind of puts things in perspective. Um, what I'd like to ask uh, Ray is, uh, why do you think Ballone put someone up for this job that has no experience in state courts at all? I believe that Ballone and Schaefer want to control the DA's race no matter what. I think it's the most important candidate mm. for them, going back to when five of Schaefer's employees in Babylon back mm. in the mid-90s were indicted by D.A. Cadison. Mm. He does not want to lose control of that seat. So they tried to run him for McCaffrey's seat in uh, November of 2015 when he lost that, and Burke was going off to jail. They made him a deputy PC, and when the then de- commissioner left, 
because they had the ledge and because they have the balloon, without any vetting, without really looking. You know what? They didn't do any kind of search well, I for know. a 3,000-man department. Imagine that. They I, didn't do I, a I national know. search. They didn't do a county search. They didn't do a town search. You know how many houses well, Ballone lives from uh, Ballone? Uh, Cindy lives from Ballone? Right. Eight houses. Mm. So they did a block search yeah. to get a man with no experience, never made a collar, never been to an academy. Mm. And exactly. they did that to raise, you know how many press conferences he's done? He does must do one a day. Yeah. No commission has ever done that yeah. to raise his profile to run for district attorney. And you know what's even more annoying? At the, at the hearings to confirm him, the Republicans asked him, point, McCaffrey asked right. him point blank, are you going to run for district attorney in 2017? Under mm. oath, he said, I will not run for district attorney in oh, 2017. Okay. I guess he forgot. Yeah. Because the day Spoda said he wasn't running, he announced very good. And this is all about raising his profile, and I don't know where he's mm. going to be in two years, but I doubt he's going to be DA. Okay, I guess that answers uh, Jackie's question. Uh, Dolly on the line? Yes, Dolly. Is it, uh, Dolly, a question for uh, Ray Perini? Yes. So the question is that I understand that he, does, he did criminal law practice, and we wanted to understand his position on making convictions for animal abuse cases uh, a lot more severe than they are today. Oh, we, I think we just answered that with the Johanna, right? If you want. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah, that, because, but we'll touch on it again. But the radio, right? Yeah. yeah no, I understand. Right. Look, I, look. I understand the the relationship people have with their pets and how right. how they're really part of their lives, and I do believe that crimes have to be taken seriously. Um, whether or not, and I have not looked at any real uh, battery of cases to see right. where the sentences are coming in. But I certainly will take a look at that. Right. I said I would dedicate at least two DAs just to prosecute oh, those great. cases. So we have a real. That's great. We have we have we have some people with a real background on how to do it. If I'm not right. mistaken, every other home in Long Island has a pet, and, and you know they and become I, a part of your life. Yeah, right? absolutely, know. absolutely. Dolly's that okay? Yeah, no, great. He's going to he's going to put that feedback. Two special assistant district attorneys that will focus on the animal abuse. Now, I think that's great as as a pet lover, mm-hmm. as well. Thank you for your call, Dolly. Thank you. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you know, I was going to mention that before about uh, animal abuse, but sir, I have animal cruelty down here. But they uh, they are calling calling up. The uh, y- you know may not have nothing to do with you, but indirectly, I, it probably does. You know, with uh, the homicides. You know, we had a we touched on on the MS thirteen. And young kids, they're just dumped here. There's a term for that. Baby something, they drop the babies off and they go back to wherever the country they come from, I think. Yeah. There's, I can't think of that term. You know, we, uh, but anyway, yeah, like there's no supervision. Nobody knows well, what these, what these kids the are problem. doing from all these different uh, uh, countries. But one of the crimes that was committed, and I was worked many homicides in, in Brooklyn. And, and actually, I should say in New York, many of them were in Brooklyn. And, and this was a, a, a vicious... Uh, a thing that one of them did, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll go back to it because I want to get Tom. Tom's on the line. Tom, Tom you question for um, for Ray Perini running for district attorney, Suffolk County. Yeah, I had a question for him. I wonder what the story is with this reform party primary they're having on Tuesday. What's that about? Well, that that's mm. that's the that's the Sliwa party where you have this opportunity to ballot. They gave mm. me their line. The reform party gave me their line, oh. so I am I am actually on the ballot. Right. So anyone who's a member of the Reform Party or is also a registered voter but not affiliated with the party right. can vote in that primary. 
but they'd have to write in another candidate's name or just come in and vote for Perini, who's on the ballot. So, so they can vote for you directly? Correct. And oh. if they if they come in, if they if we have any people unaffiliated blanks uh, who want to go with, oh. uh, you know, experience and uh, All right. So actually I would ask them to come in. So it's almost like being on two lines. I that? would, yeah, I would be on two lines. Yeah. The Democrats are trying to steal the line. Okay. <laughs> I, I know that Schaefer, I know that the guy who walked, the, I know the guy who walked the petitions and the people who signed Why the petitions. Why do we always say Democrats, Democrats and then lastly steal whatever they Just, uh, uh, just another, that's another thing. That's another story. A slip of the tongue. I, got, <laughs> it is, I, I know. I got, I got Joey on the line. Joey, your question for uh, Ray Perini running for district attorney, Suffolk County. Hello, Joey. Are you there? Hi. Oh, yes, Joey. Go ahead. Hi. My question is about hit and runs and how we're going to deal with them. They've become an epidemic, and Mm. how would you deal with the hit and runs as the DA? Leaving the scene, hit and run. Uh, Well, look, leaving the scene is a crime that that investigated properly can can be proven and can be won. Hmm. I believe that you know when, and they've increased the pen, the penalties for that. By the oh, way, okay. So that leaving the scene, you know, if you're intoxicated and you run away, you're still going to go to state prison if prosecuted hmm. uh, vigorously. But I think we have a very good auto squad. I think the homicide squad, you know, does a good job on those cases. I just think we have to prosecute them to the full extent of the law. Right. And we actually have a homicide. A, 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 a uh, vehicular homicide unit mm. that uh, I would certainly beef up and make sure that people cannot. But you, you know, right. Joey has a good point because we have, speaking about pandemics, we have a sort of a, uh, a large amount of hit and runs leaving the scene related to probably mm. being someone being on drugs or whatever, intoxicated. But, uh, and there's so many of them. And a lot of them are vehicle uh, homicides, you know. So, uh, would you be would you be tough on that? Absolutely, you know? I think. You would. Look, you don't leave a person on the side of the road to die. Right. Absolutely. That's that's just you can't tolerate that. That's heartless. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to say when you know if you would talk to me about the biggest crime in Suffolk County ten years ago before we had MS13 and we had opioid right. deaths, I would be talking about. My biggest concern would be my wife getting killed by a drunk driver right. driving home at you know ten o'clock. Absolutely at night. right. And those crimes have to be taken very seriously. Good. Uh, and and because I talk about drugs and MS thirteen, because they're really in crisis right now. Right. Doesn't mean I'm going to forget about the Beautiful. vehicular homicides. Beautiful. We got some good questions tonight. So uh, the uh, th- uh, thanks, Joey. The uh, okay. Uh, I don't know if we have anybody else call in, but I I, I left off before we. Phone started ringing. Uh, and one of the one of the uh, crimes that was committed by MS thirteen, I think, was only the, the the perpetrator, as they say, you know, <laughs> was uh, fifteen year, was fifteen years old, and the victim was a young girl about the same age. She was hacked to uh-huh. death, and uh, she was it was so b- badly mutilated. I think they couldn't distinguish male or female, right, uh, Ray? And it was a, it was a very brutal crime. You know, why, now why the heck are they trying to change? The revised juvenile offender law. If you remember, the, you know, for a certain age, you were subject to an adult sentence. They want why, to reduce Why it. do they want to change it back? I, I, and I, I don't get it. And here's the problem. I'm it's glad going, you It's don't. going to be like the, the Unaccompanied Minor Act. The family court right. is so overworked now. So what are you going to do with these criminal cases that are now being handled in the criminal courts? You're going to put them into family court? They're not going to be prosecuted properly. It's going to be a disaster. Family court sentence, uh, which is what maximum eighteen months, I think. Uh, I, I, I think I think that yeah. that legislation is a huge mistake. I, you know, 
I was I, I sat down in the seventies with a couple of uh, assemblymen and a senator talking about revising the juvenile offender law where a 14-year-old commits a homicide is treated like an adult. Now they want to change and go back up the way it was. You know, actually, you, you, have, you, you won on that. Yes. You did. It, you, it happened. It happened. I know. And you know what? In the appropriate case. It happened. That's why I, I, uh, I know. Now they want to reverse the law, it looks like. And so, so a 15-year-old say, hey, I can hack this girl to death. I'm going to go to family court. Uh, you know what? That, that has to be rethought because oh, we don't have we don't have the infrastructure in place to handle well, it. I, I I don't even know if this uh, this kid I'm gonna say kid running for, uh, you know, running for district attorney's uh, aware of that. You know, because he wasn't even born during during that during that time. I think I got Richie on the line. Richie, your question for uh, Ray Perini running for uh, district attorney, Suffolk County. First, I'd like to wish him the best of luck, Ray, and I hope and I know you're going to get in there. And I wanted to get your feeling on two things. The stop-and-frisk rule, like they're trying to stop it in New York City, and what do you think of body cameras? Uh, do you think they help or hurt the cops? Because sometimes you have to sort of twist the law in order to enforce it. Uh, I wanted to get your feeling on that, especially you worked in New York and you're very familiar with what goes on and you still have the problems out there in Suffolk County. Best of luck to you. Love to hear your response. Okay. Thank the, you, Richie. The, the stop-and-frisk rules... I think they, the, the law is broad enough to make it effective. And if the cop has that reasonable suspicion, mm. he should be allowed to do it. I think mm. to tell a cop he can't do it because the community is outraged, I think you, you're, tying, you, you're handcuffing a cop who should be able to do his job. Mm. The body cameras are interesting because I, th- I think it can help a lot of guys who have to make a tough collar. And when you have cell phone cameras... And street cameras, mm-hmm. I think you have to be very aware that what you do is going to be on tape. And I'd rather have it on my tape that I know is an honest tape than mm-hmm. on somebody turning it on and off on their cell phone. Right. So I think it protects more cops than it hurts. All right. Okay, that's that's fair. You know, leave it up to the uh, cops because that's their job. Mm-hmm. The reasonable suspicion is what they do. Yeah. Probable cause is what they do. So, uh Yes, let them judge their their job. So, uh, good question. And uh, I got Ann on the phone. Ann for Ray uh, Perini running for district attorney, Suffolk County. Yeah, Ann. Hi, um, Ray. Um, I hope I can call you Ray, Mr. Perini. Please call I me was, Ray. <laughs> thank you. Um, you know, I tend to watch a lot of the ID TV shows, and I was wondering. You know, I do have a lot of cold cases, and especially the one in Gilgo Beach, and I'm very concerned about that. Um, because I have a daughter who lives in the vicinity, and just wanted to know how you would, um, you know, take that on. Well, you know, there are there are two unsolved cases that I would look at and look at very hardly. Gilgo Beach, definitely. Now, again, without seeing the all of the all of the reports and all of the evidence that's been gathered, going back to to uh, before Balone became county exec, right. going mm-hmm. back to. Um, you maybe know, fifteen uh, years, maybe. Uh, you know, you, you without without seeing all of that, mm. and I know they have the feds involved with it now. I I actually think that collectively a task force with a fresh set of eyes should be looked at it. But there's another there's another cold case. We had a dear friend of mine, an undercover narcotics detective, Dennis Westenhoff, blown up in his undercover car, mm. mm-hmm. and that case has gone unsolved. And I'm going back to eighty. Ninety, I think, nineteen ninety. Suffolk police officer, Suffolk, Suffolk yeah. police officer. A lot of theories, a lot of rumors. That's another case where I would get all those mm-hmm. files and I put my best two cops on it, 
and I'd bring the feds in and I'd try and work it. But, you know, I, those, the, well, those are cases that being on the outside now, it's right. hard to say what to do, but I certainly would go through those files with a fine tooth. Well, you know, in, in, and uh, if you're still listening, in, in the case of uh, Gilgo, I had uh, uh, Richard uh, uh, Richard Dorma, 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 former police commissioner, was on, um, on my guest during the time when the, uh, when the, a couple of occurrences occurred, but it was going on 10 years before he became police commissioner, although he was a chief of police way back in Suffolk. And uh, there were there's several theories, you know. And it's been quiet, thank God, that we know of, you know, unless they find somebody else out there. But that is, a, you know, a Jack the Ripper type, uh, you know. Well, and, you know, I was told the pre, the, pro, the chief of detective under Dorma was right. uh, Dominic Marone. Oh. Good cop, second precinct boss for many years. But, and I was told that he was never even spoken to mm. when the Ballone team came in. Wow. And if that's the case, then there's something very wrong. Well, there was a couple of things wrong in Nassau. They talked to Suffolk, if you recall. The body was found in Nassau and the rest went Mm -hmm. Suffolk. And uh, nobody, you know, know, like with Son of Sam, a task force should have been. My opinion, the homicide Uh, guy, they should have formed a task force for for Gilgo. And, you know, you got the help of the the fence. And uh, anyway, you know... uh, you just tell your daughter to be careful no matter where she is, and you know that in yeah. today's world you got to be careful to don't be jogging by yourself like you know, the terrible incident happened in uh, Ozone Park, Howard mm-hmm. Beach area. But that's even though it's happened, it's it wasn't the first time. But uh, young girls had to be careful. Oh, you give some advice to people like that. That's a good, a good question. You know, young girls today, what they got to well, be concerned you know, with? I, my my know? daughter's thirty three and loves right. to jog, and you don't know. you don't jog alone. Absolutely. You cannot do that. And, you know, I don't care where you're living. Whether my do- I have a daughter in Portland, Oregon. Right. I would tell her not to jog alone. You're just, you know what, that you're too vulnerable. And it can be, you know, just that nut. Yeah. That that, that person who is maybe, when I say nut, I guess it has a mental disorder. Yep. That can be there at the wrong time at the wrong place. And uh, you got to be you got to be in pairs at the very least. And, and, you, and know. you know, jogging alone and they wear these headphones, they have no clue. That's a good point. They don't have a clue what's going on, you know. It's uh, so your daughter, no headphones, no jogging <laughs> alone, and by, and during the day, I see some girls off the parkway at night jogging, you know, jogging off the road out in Long Island, Meadowbrook, mm-hmm. or going to Jones Beach, and you don't know who the hell is in the bushes there, you know, and they jogging by themselves. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you got to be aware of these things, and you know your surroundings, like they say, and. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you brought up the son of Sam. Do you remember how? I mean, I was in Brooklyn when that was going on. Right. I came, it was it was it was cleared when I came out right. to Suffolk. But you remember how careful people were? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it really impacted the whole city. Plain clothes cops couldn't have long hair. <laughs> yeah, I remember I mean, that. Yes. The knocks were can Yes. Were, were, were so it was uh, absolutely. You know, uh, hmm. uh, I, that was one of the cases that I was sort of involved. I did have a material witness. Uh, in that case, that we had a hold, with never never hit the papers. But anyway, but there was over a hundred cops assigned to that uh, task force. My friend Ed Zigo, who uh, was sitting where Ray Perini is sitting, he was the arresting uh, detective. His son, the Sammy, passed away a few years back. Uh, I want to pay tribute to him, you know, uh, who was the uh, detective that went West, Westchester County and 
and picked up David Brake with Son of Sam. You know, so oh, I remember uh, that case well. Yeah, was them in the BLA. Remember the Black Liberation Black, Army yeah. in Brooklyn? That was those were bad yeah, days. They were tough times, and during those uh, the Roaring Seventies, I guess you know, when you were there, he was there as well. So I, I just want to go back and uh, just with talking about revising or revising the juvenile offender law, then you know. If you commit an adult crime at 14, like homicide, you should be treated as an adult. They're trying to change it now. You, you said you were against that, Ray. But uh, the example is the girl that got mutilated, they couldn't identify her, 15-year-old, I think it was. Uh, what's your thoughts on the death penalty for a case like that? I'm going to say this, and I've been involved in death cases. Right now in New York State, in my lifetime, we're never going to have a person executed. We're not. You don't. It's think so. not. It hasn't happened. What? When were you? Since you were on the job, have we, you, has anyone been executed in New York State? Oh, abs- uh, think no, about that's it. A, no, not no, no. It in fact uh, goes back. You're right. Absolutely right. It hasn't been execution. Uh, maybe in forties. I'm going to say. Maybe. I'm going to say the the last death. The State. judge. The judge who married me in New York State. Okay. Did the, the appeal in '64 and mm. lost it, and somebody was executed. I think that's the oh. last time it happened. I that's, could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure right, that's correct. It was uh, Rockefeller that uh, mm. abolished the death penalty mm. in the 60s, and we, around 64, 65, uh, yes. And, I think he abolished it also. And, and, but you yeah. see, and our Court of Appeals has right. overturned it whenever passed. Ah. And, and, and I'm going to be totally candid. I think when you have a family that's lost a loved one, right. and you tell them, well, we're going to get them executed, mm. and you know it can't happen. That's a terrible disservice. I hope that's not happening. Well, I can tell. I, it better not Whoa. be. I can tell them, listen, I'm going to put your guy in jail for 25 years to, to life, life. And I'm going to write to that parole board or somebody right. in my office will write to that parole board right. every two years to make sure he doesn't get out. Correct. But, you know, you just can't You can't promise someone. And, and it's a disservice to the family. Wow. And I think the politics in, in New York State is such that we're not going to see a death penalty. Wow. Hey, look, so far... I am happy with everything that the uh, we're talking about, Ray Perini, your candidate for the Suffolk County District Attorney. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's a, a vicious case, and we talked about all these different uh, task force. By the way, we talked about Brooklyn. You were narcotics in uh, Brooklyn. And a little nostalgia, my audience could listen in on this. Uh, Sterling Johnson. Did you ever work with Sterling Johnson? You know what's funny? Sterling Johnson. Brooklyn was the only office that maintained, still maintained its own narcotics bureau, uh-huh. and we did all our own major cases. Right. We never gave anything to Sterling. <laughs> I was the head of narcotics. Arnie Tal, yeah. Arnie Tal was, was my boss, uh, and he couldn't. He said, "We're doing it. We can do it better." <laughs> right. So, uh, Sterling's still around. I think he's uh, still a judge. Am I correct? He yeah, was a. Fe- he's probably. He's got to be in senior status. I don't know if oh, he's yeah, retired yeah. yet or not. I, right. I, I, I actually, I, I met him when he was a, a judge at some uh, event. But, uh, That's going back a ways. <laughs> it is. It is going back. Yeah. I think he came in in probably 70, when the Rockefeller was, 73, yeah. 74. Yeah. Yes. Around around that time. So, because we had some narcotics cases as well, so I had the pleasure of uh, doing some things with him. But that was, like you said, it was because it involved Manhattan. Uh-huh. Brooklyn, we didn't need him. You know? <laughs> we, we actually, it was one of those little political wars, but as a young lawyer, you really don't quite know why it's happening. Right, but you 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 you're pleased that you're getting to try the major drug cases, mm. the, you know, right. the major violations. We got about three or four minutes left. Uh, Ray Perini, candidate for Suffolk County District Attorney, uh, what's your vision? Uh, you, you know, uh, what you hope to see in, as uh, the District Attorney's office if you're successful in becoming the DA? 
you know what? It's it's it. The, the, I think one of the most important things that I've seen influence and and hurt law enforcement is politics. Mm. I think we have to get politics out of law enforcement. You have to you have to do it for the right reasons, not because you want to protect somebody, not because you owe somebody a favor. Mm. Um, and what I what I did four years ago when I ran that primary, I told I told the politicians, I'm sick of what you're doing. Mm. I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. So when I become DA, I will know I will not owe anyone anything. Good. I will be at a point in my career that I don't want anything else. Right. That I just want to do the right job, do the right thing, make the Suffolk office great again, and make Very the people good. of Suffolk safe. Very good. <laughs> we touched on that <laughs> outside before. You know, you remind me. You know what's good about the, uh, like Trump and like Ray Perini running. You know, with two things like obviously, you can't be had. That's, you know, and you're not looking to become, although Trump did, but uh, I, I know by talking to Ray Perini, he will be just content and happy where he belongs running the DA's office. Oh, I hope that's not an endorsement. I'll get in trouble for my members. We still got <laughs> He still have to address my members to discuss it, but uh, I may have some influence. But, uh, uh, you know, getting politics uh, out of law enforcement, great. You know, it's... Right. Uh, the, the, you bump into them, you step on them. It's uh, wow. it 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 uh, talking about handcuffing police. That's one of the things that does it well. Imagine the a cop. In my time, you never worry about politics. You had to worry about the criminals. You yeah. know, and that was a good thing. Yes, and, and that's uh, the focus. And, you know, and you know, and that's part of it is the cross endorsements. It's the contracts. Oh, yeah. It's every you know. It's just right. It's something that has to stop. Does a Republican have a chance out there in Suffolk County? And just my question. Yeah, I'm not too for you. I, f- I, I fully so. plan on winning. <laughs> yes, beautiful. You got a shot. Well, I tell you what. When you, you when you address the conservatives, right, and they they're told that their party gave away their principles, mm. so the bosses can get, make deals for themselves. Wow. And the hell with the principles of a true conservative. They're going to come back to the all line, wow. and that's my message. Well, you got a great message. My guess. We're out of time. We did an hour. Imagine that. Uh, you know, and uh, Ray Perini, a tremendous background, I have to tell you that. And we might have bumped into each other in Brooklyn in the 70s, from, uh, at least in some bar maybe on Atlantic <laughs> Avenue, you know, <laughs> and, uh, or, some, or some pizza place, you know. <laughs> the old queen. <laughs> old queen. Very good. So uh, good luck, uh, Ray, you know, and thank you for being my no. guest this Streetwise. Thanks for having me. Luke. And don't forget, we have to, 9-11 is Monday you know, say a prayer. And uh, this is Lou Talano, and uh, I'll catch you later. You've been listening to Streetwise on the station that serves your community. WGBB AM 1240 and W240DFFM 95.9. The views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.